0: Hey, Shepherd family, I bring grace to you and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We've been going through this Promised and series. We reach our final weekend. We're about to cross a metaphorical Jordan River, and we are about to occupy this promised land. But more than doing that, we're going to ask the question, what does it mean to leave a legacy? As God's people crossed into the promised land so long ago with Joshua as their leader, the question was, what happens in the second, third, fourth generation of God's people living in this land flowing with milk and honey that God had promised them? A similar kind of question comes to us. The people the loved ones, children, grandchildren, maybe even great-grandchildren that we have in our care, how will they carry on a legacy of faith from us in the years of their life that follow ours? This is a question that is before God's people. It's a question that Joshua wants to make sure is front and center for them as well. Listen as I share from you from God's Word, from Joshua chapter 24. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing them to follow the decrees and regulations of the Lord. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instruction as a reminder of their agreement. As a reminder of their agreement, he took a huge stone and rolled it beneath the terebinth tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, This stone has heard everything the Lord said to us. It will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word to God. Then Joshua sent all the people away to their own homelands. After this, Joshua son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died. They buried him in the land he had been allocated. The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done for Israel. Leaving a legacy involves one key attribute, characteristic, if you will. That is paying attention to the book of instruction. That is paying attention to the Word of God. If we are going to leave a legacy for those after us, we have to show the kind of character in the here and now, in this present moment, that befits what we want to leave behind. And so the question goes, for them as well as for us, to what degree are we inclined to lift up, to emphasize the book of instruction? What is our dedication to Holy Scripture? Look like. Um, it could be as simple as w- how do we live out faithfully the Ten Commandments? It could be as simple as how do we speak of the person and work of this man from Nazareth called Jesus Christ? It could be how do we speak of the hope we have when our eyes are closed, our hearts stop beating, our brainwaves start functioning, functioning, stop functioning, and we give up that ghost. What does eternal life look like for us? You know, in my own house, just by way of personal story, um, this issue of legacy is very significant to me. And one of the things is that while I may uh, ever work to leave behind a legacy, I know that there is something at work against me in this world pushing down and trying to obliterate that legacy. This world stand against stands against me and what I am attempting to do with my children someday my grandchildren, I hope not too soon and uh and so so as my children see me, I want them to hear clearly from me my adoration of the Lord Jesus Christ, my obedience to the Ten Commandments. I want them to know that I am unapologetic in the hope that I have, that when I stop breathing, my brain stops functioning, my body stops working, I am going to a better place, and it is called heaven where God lives. I want them to know that. It's painfully simple. Uh, I don't have my children memorize the book of Ezra from the Old Testament. I'm not taking them deep into the theology of the book of Romans that we're like studying right now in Shepherd Gathers by our own choice. I want to make sure that when I speak to my children, I pray that as you speak to your children and grandchildren, they hear clearly some basic fundamental truths that they would be hard-pressed to ever forget. There is a law... That I must obey. There is a gospel that I must believe. There is a hope that I look forward to. And it all is found in the book of instruction, the Bible. What do you take out of the book of instruction? What do your children and grandchildren hear about that book of instruction from you? What predominates? Is it the moral code of the law? Or is it the amazing, miraculous work of Jesus? Or is it the ultimate hope of heaven? I ask it in that way, what of those statements of faith, what of those commitments and convictions of our Christian religion predominate? Because my invitation for you today is to make sure that they are all equitable that they all equate. That as much as you may speak of the righteousness of God and His expectations for us in the law, that your children also, your grandchildren also hear from you the full forgiveness of sins, the fact that even though we are without excuse, God makes up for that through the giving of His Son, Jesus Christ, through death and resurrection. That while you may talk about sin and grace, you also talk about the fact that this world is not the end that there is a world yet to come. And that if you talk predominantly about the world yet to come, you help your children, your grandchildren, understand that that world does not come without us doing in this world some critical things, and that is confessing who we are by nature, sinful and unclean. And what God has done for us in the sinless Son of His, Jesus Christ. You see, the book of instruction is taken as a whole. Joshua knew it was important for the people of Israel back then. As a pastor today, I want to remind you of how important it is for us. We typically don't do good with the book of instruction. We don't do right by it. We emphasize one part over another. We ignore another part to the exclusion of yet another part. We slice, dice, chop, grate against this book of instruction in so many ways. It's like a, a knife commercial on late-night television or the home shopping network. What we do with the book of instruction is not righteous. What God says to us is, take my book, take my Bible, believe it in its entirety, and communicate it to your posterity with simplicity. Simplicity. Keep it simple. Christian. Because by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, He returns us to this Word. This Word of God incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word of God made flesh, always returns us to the the Word that is the basis of His life and existence, the expression of His hopes and dreams for you and for me the faith of the gospel found in the Bible. That's the word that we focus on today, and it's the word for which Christ worked to redeem us on the cross and through the empty tomb. Shepherd the law, the gospel, the hope. Pass those on to your posterity with clarity, and you'll be well on your way to entering and living in the promised land, the promised and the next chapter of your faithful walk with God, just as God wanted it. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.